Jewish audio on Chabad.org. The Basics of Hasidus, Chapter 8 Remembering Mesiris Nefesh. With revolutionary insight, the Alter Rebbe clarifies the day to day relevance of this intrinsic hidden love. Probing into the meaning of mitzvahs, he illuminates how this instinctive sense of Jewish identity can become a conscious force which ensures success in the battle between the souls. As mentioned before, the primary strategy of the Sahara is to use self-interest and indulgence to cause the person to not realize the detrimental nature of sin. Likewise, the urges of the animalistic soul cause the person to not realize the infinite importance of just one mitzvah. The intrinsic bond that every Jew has with God, the Ahava Musuteres, seems largely inapplicable to these everyday struggles. In almost no circumstance will the animalistic soul pose any opposition when a Jew is tested to renounce their faith. Self-interest and personal preservation hold no sway when a Jew is given the choice between being Jewish or being alive. These life-or-death situations awaken the core of one's being, causing the Jew to follow their innermost consciousness. However, in regular life, one would think that this Ahava Mesuteras, this hidden love, is just an unused and latent potential. In truth, we are taught that all mitzvahs express the essential bond that the Jew shares with God. The Talmud teaches that at Sinai, the people heard the first two of the Ten Commandments directly from God. On an intrinsic level, These two commandments of faithfulness to God comprise the entire Torah. Thus, the need to receive them directly from God is paramount. Beyond being a fundamental element of faith which must precede all mitzvahs, all the divine instructions can be viewed as extensions of these initial commandments. Every mitzvah represents dedication to God, and any transgression is a rebellion against his authority. Just as a Jew is naturally willing to forfeit their life to not worship another deity, one can surely overcome the temptations of the moment and not violate God's commandments. Furthermore, if one would be ready to go through so much trouble to not deviate from God's will, it is most certainly worthwhile to invest all of one's energy in enthusiastic observance of God's mitzvahs. With this knowledge, the Ahava Masuteras, the hidden love, and resolve to remain connected to God, can come to the forefront of our day-to-day existence. Looking past Mesiris Nefesh as a last resort, we can live with this powerful commitment and connection. By remembering this Ahava Masuteras, we overcome the falsehood of the Eight Sahara. Seeking to derail our efforts to serve God in thought, speech, and action, it claims that not all mitzvahs are intrinsic to our bond with God. Our animalistic soul wishes to live life and enjoy itself without the burden of constant commitment. Therefore, 
it stages as though Mesiris Nefesh is only f- for the most extreme tests of faith. In truth, however, this supra-rational ded- dedication to God can actually be the pulse of Jewish life. In the words of the Alter Rebbe, This is the meaning of the verse, for this matter is very near to you. For at any time and moment a person is capable and free to rid themselves of the spirit of folly and forgetfulness, and is always able to remember and arouse their love of the one God that is certainly and undoubtedly latent in their heart. This love also carries with it fear, that is, the dread of being separated on any account from God's unity and oneness. Even if it means sacrificing one's life so as not to be separated from him, the Jew will do so without any reason or logic, but purely out of one's divine nature. Surely then, it is far easier to subdue one's appetite, since this entails much lighter suffering than the death they would willingly endure so as not to be torn away from God. Mastering the evil inclination is easier, both in refraining from sin and observing the positive commandments. Interestingly, Mesiris Nefesh is the subject of Moshe's instructions to the Jewish people in preparation for their entry into the land of Israel. Speaking to them in advance of their conquest of the land, Moshe taught them to recite the Shema twice daily, an acceptance of God's authority to the point of martyrdom. The timing is surprising because this generation was promised that they would conquer the land easily, and there was surely no concern that they would need to undergo any major test of faith. Nevertheless, Moshe directed them to be ready to make the ultimate sacrifice to God. One may ask why the emphasis on this display of conviction, which is usually relevant only as a last resort. One must conclude that the message of Mesiris Nefesh is not only in the face of external challenges. Fostering the inner bond that causes this realization is not only for emergencies. This aligns with the relevance of the Ahava Musuteres in ensuring proper observance of all God's mitzvahs as taught in Tanya. Mesiris Nevesh must be a constant focus because the fulfillment of the Torah and its commandments is contingent on one being constantly aware of their readiness to surrender their life to God for the sake of his unity. We are to remember this message during our daily recitals of Shema, in order for this awareness to be fixed permanently in our hearts and not depart from our memory. In this way, one is able to withstand the evil inclination and to vanquish it at every moment. Appreciating Mitzvahs To further expand our understanding of the link between all mitzvahs and the first two commandments, let us look at the character of the mitzvahs. All mitzvahs are, of course, commandments of God. However, one can easily find various classifications within the 613 mitzvahs. In general, mitzvahs are divided into three categories. Number one, chukim. These are statutes, laws which transcend reason. Number two, edus. 
These are mitzvahs which bear witness to specific events or ideals. Number three, mishpatim. These are rational laws. These classifications are at times understood to somehow define the meaning of a particular mitzvah. By considering their rationale or lack thereof, one might think that some mitzvahs are more intrinsic to Jewish identity than others. Mishpatim, whose reasons can be intellectually explained, are often thought to be for the benefit of mankind, while the chukim, which are performed just because God said so, affirm our supra-rational bond with him. Conversely, while chukim may be performed with detachments from the psyche, the mishpatim or edus must be fulfilled with a heightened sense of personal relevance. In Tanya, the nature of a mitzvah is explained in light of Achdas Hashem. As there is none but God, our perspective of God's commandments should reflect this truth. While worldly existence seems to be oblivious of his oneness, the mitzvahs are channels of divinity in which God's unity is not concealed. Although all physical beings do inherently exist in Bittal, this is only actually experienced during the performance of a mitzvah or the study of Torah. Every mitzvah is an opportunity to become a conduit for God's will, a moment of boundless absorption within the divine truth. When we perform a tangible mitzvah, such as outstretching one's arm to give tzedakah, God's oneness becomes revealed, both for the person's body and soul, and for the hard-earned cash being donated to the person in need. This moment is important. By doing a mitzvah, God's innermost will is revealed in one's actions, leaving no room for the concealment which characterizes our experience of the physical world. In this moment of revelation, nothing is at all separate from godliness. No creation has any independent and separate identity of its own. Moreover, because God transcends time, this moment of the mitzvah's connection lasts forever. While the specifics of each mitzvah may reflect the particular way each mitzvah is to be fulfilled, in their essence they are all the same. Indeed, some mitzvahs, the mishpatim, are to be cognitively appreciated, while others, the chukim, are meant to be performed with obedient dedication. However, these differences are just the external dynamics. The truest definition of all mitzvahs is a unique invitation of God's presence within the person and the world. In direct contrast to the performance of positive mitzvahs, the transgression of the negative commandments is a direct deviation from God's oneness. Any infraction of his will is a painful rejection of God's presence. While in terms of punishment or long-term damage caused, there may be differences between various degrees of sin, all transgressions strike a common chord. Worse than ignoring God, these actions actually defy his will. Contradicting God's presence, any sin can be seen as equivalent to idolatry, the cardinal sin for which a Jew would typically give up their life rather than commit. 
With this perspective, the unbreakable conviction of the Ahava Musuteres can become the guiding light in a Jew's divine service. By cultivating this awareness, any Jew can realize that under no circumstances do they want to miss a mitzvah, and under no circumstances do they want to go against God's will. Using this approach, proper service of God in feeling and deed is indeed very possible. By intellectually understanding and appreciating our inner attachment to God, we can experience firmly founded feelings of Ahava and Yira. In turn, these emotions will lead us to consistently act, speak, and think appropriately. In this longer but shorter way, the Alter Rebbe does not only teach that we should serve God, he also shares how to make it happen. Indeed, one can recognize that this matter is very near to you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it.